right. Good morning, church. God is good all the time. That's right, all the time. God is good. I'll tell you what, I was uh, questioning that a little bit last night. Because, see, I got a, I think my wife said we, we got a puppy yesterday. And, um, you know, we, I, you know, we brought the puppy home. The puppy was so cute. He's real cute. I'm going to tell you, he's real cute. And we brought the puppy home, and the children, they were so excited. They were so excited. And so that made me excited because they were excited, you know, and I'm, I'm, I was really happy. So I was excited, and my wife, she's happy, she was excited. And I was excited all the way till we went to bed. I had a dog a long, long time ago, and I forgot those first few days as a puppy because they cry just like a baby in the middle of the night, and they, they do that whole thing. And so this morning, you know, the children, I mean, Aaron comes downstairs, my youngest. He's so excited to see the puppy first thing this morning. So Aaron's excited. The other kids are excited. My wife, she's excited. But this morning, when I came downstairs, it's hard to talk about. It's just hard to talk about. I, I wasn't so excited. I wasn't so excited. But then, you know, I looked at the puppy. I looked at him. said, well, he is cute. He is cute. And so in the middle of the night last night, I wasn't happy. But then after looking at the dog again, and he's so cute, I had another change of heart this morning. So I had another change of heart. You know, two weeks ago, I talked about being free, being free in Christ, and, being, and that freedom is a choice. And we outlined four steps to being free from anything negative, hurts anything of your past. And what that takes is a heart change. It takes a heart change. And just like I was on this roller coaster yesterday, oh, I love the puppy. And then last night, oh, things aren't going so good. So now all of a sudden, I'm upset with the puppy. And the puppy didn't want me to go downstairs last night. So it was a good thing that, you know, my wife went downstairs. But then this morning, I had another change of heart. And now the puppy's cute. And it's all good now. And everything's fine. And it's just like that with, with our, our choice for freedom. You know, sometimes we, we throw our past behind us and we don't look in the rearview mirror and we leave it there. But then every now and then there's congestion, something starts happening, and we just can't help but look in that rearview mirror again and see the past right behind us. And it's riding on our bumper. And the enemy kind of gets us in there and, and just and gets us again. And it's like we fell for it again. We went back to our negative past, to the hurts or whatever it may be. And God wants us to have a total change of heart. And in that step four of the fight for freedom that I was talking about, that we need to fight for our freedom, that part of that fight is to renew our minds in Christ to have a totally different mindset, to renew our minds. And so this morning what I want to do is I want to expand that a little bit, and I want to talk about our minds and how to be renewed in the spirit of our minds and kind of what that means. And maybe this morning, you know, he's like, well, TJ, I've heard that before. I've read the scriptures, and, and that's, that's good. And, and some of this you're, you're definitely you, you have heard, and 
Maybe there's something, though, this morning that you haven't heard, and, that, and that'll be good, and I'm, I'm hoping that's the case. But we've got to lay a foundation here this morning before we get into next week and we start talking about character, and, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit about character as well. But before we can exhibit godly character, we must have a renewed mind. We've got to have a renewed mind. So before we dive in and get started right away, I want us to go ahead and just pray one more time. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. And Lord, I thank you that this short time that we can focus on you, we can focus on what you have to say. I thank you, Lord, that these are your words and not my own. I thank you that all distractions are gone right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, I thank you for your anointing in this place that is already here because you said where the two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst. And so you are here, and I thank you for your anointing here that breaks every single yoke of bondage. And I thank you, Lord, that we would fight, that we would continue to fight, and we would never give up. Lord, that we'd always fight to be more and more like you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to start in Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. Reading in verse 23, Paul's talking to the church and he says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So we see this word renewed right here, and we see it again in Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. Again, Paul's speaking to the church and he says, And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, bringing your body under subjection. And then we read a real popular verse in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good acceptable and perfect will of God. And so Paul is saying in these verses that we must be transformed, totally transformed by the renewing of our minds. And the key there is minds. And the mind is the key to the Christian life. Because we know that the carnal mind or the mind that does not uh, does not have a mind after Christ, can't understand spiritual things. As we look in 1 Corinthians 2.14, it says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And the King James says, carnal mind there. And so the gospel is a call to the unbeliever to what? To repent of his sin and turn back to Christ, And that's what the gospel is for, so that they can have a change of mind, that each one of us here, we were saved, we come to Christ, we know that, we come to him, we have a change of mind. And we know that that repentance, that word repent, means to think differently. In other words, to turn from what we thought was okay, or what was right, or the way that we were living, but from, turn from that and start to think different. And the world, and how many could just testify by raising of hands that when you came to Christ, the world just became a totally different place. You know, you're thinking differently, and the world's different now. And what you see is different when you go on a day-to-day basis. And as you live your life, you begin to look at things through a different set of glasses, through a different set of lens, which is what you have discovered, which is the Word of God. And the word was spoken to you 
or you read the word of God and you received the word of God and you acted on the word of God, the truth that you know, that you now know, and, and you had this transformation of, of a way of thinking is just different. And but Paul, you know, he's talking to the church here and these are already Christians that he's already talked about the gospel. And this is Romans 12. So he's already laid out the gospel in the first four chapters in Romans. And he's talking here. And so he says, but he's talking to believers. He said, be renewed. Be renewed. And so I started looking at it. I'm, I'm like, okay, well, what all does this word, you know, renew mean? And what all does this mean that, that, that we're supposed to be? And we know that our thinking's got to be changed. We see this word transformed, that we've got to be new. We see all that. And we know that. And, and then I started looking, well, what is the way that we're renewed? And the way that we're renewed, and the only way to replace the error of the world's way and the world's way of thinking, the only way is to replace it with God's truth. And we know that the only thing that is God's truth in this earth that we have is the Word of God. And so now I, I'm looking, okay, well, that's, that's God's truth. You know, I come alive, I come different, I start thinking different, but there's a process that's got to continue. I have to continue to be renewed in the spirit of my mind. And the only way to do that is worth the word of God. You say, well, teacher, I've heard that before. You know, you, you speak that. The thing is, there's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. You know, I, I would like to think that, you know, and, and those, there's some that, that come to Christ and when they come and they, they give their life over to God, they're like, everything's going to be different. Everything's going to be different in such a good way. Everything's going to be so much better. I'm not going to have any problems. Everything's just going to go perfect. So how many could testify to that, that everything's just gone perfect? Well, no. You know, no more tears, no more nothing. I mean, everything's just going to be roses, peaches and cream, apple pie with the whipped cream, ice cream sundae, my favorite, with a cherry on top. Everything's just going to be perfect. Well, 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 no. We know that's not the truth. That that's not, that's not the way it works. In order to, to have that total transformation, it's a process that we have to continually do. We have to continue to renew our mind. Because we know we're still going to face obstacles. We're still going to face circumstances. We're still going to have these things come up. And so people who believe that they're going to just first right off the bat, oh, I'm going to give my life to Christ, so now I can be, quote, happy. But we know, and we've talked about before, that happiness is not based on our circumstances. That happiness and joy is having God in my life, having the Lord Jesus Christ as the center of my life so that when a circumstance comes, I've got somebody to take me through it. I've got somebody to get me through. That's what happiness is. And see, when you look at the others who do not have Christ and they're not happy, it's because when they have a circumstance that comes up, they don't have God to bring them through. I look at what some people have gone through and I say, I don't know how they made it. How did you make it without God? How did you make it without Christ? How did you make it without the leading of the Holy Spirit to lead you through and guide you through that circumstance? And so we know it's a process, and so we know that renewing our mind is something that we've got to continually do. As it says in John 17, 17, Jesus was praying to the Father, and he says, Sanctify them through thy what? Truth. And he says, Thy word is truth. And so that is what sanctifies. That's what totally makes us different. That's what transforms us. It's the word. It's the truth, which is the word. And so if you were coming this morning and you were looking for a shortcut 
There's just not one. And you know how a lot of times I, I get on my computer, and I remember when I first started uh, getting on computers, and I wanted this computer to do something for me. Me and computers, we have a love-hate relationship. And, and the love part is when it does what I want it to do, we're in love. We're making beautiful music together. But when it's not doing what I want it to do, that's the hate part. All of a sudden, I want to take that computer and just bang on that thing, throw it up against the wall, something, because this thing is not doing what I want it to do. And I, and I remember thinking, I need to learn some more. So I started taking some courses and learning Windows and PC. I got an A-plus certification. I knew how to take the whole computer totally apart and all these little parts, and then I could just I could put it all back together. You could take it apart, and I wouldn't have to see it. You could take it all apart, and then I knew how to put that whole thing back together in the tower and everything. I could do it. I learned all this stuff. But you know what? Despite all the stuff I knew, and despite all the stuff that, that the knowledge I had, sometimes that thing just would not do what I wanted it to do. It just wouldn't do it. And the thing is, you have to, and, and I found out that what I knew the year before, all of a sudden, there's these new things that happen, and there's the updates to the software. Oh, and we got new drivers that are required now. And we got the new this and the new that. So you have to, you can't just learn once and take a course. I found out it's a constant state of learning when it comes to computers. Because guess what? The computers are just always, and the computer system, whatever, they're always evolving. So you either have to evolve with it or you're getting left behind. Right? How many know what I'm talking about? So I'll just make sure I'm not talking, you know, nobody, you know what I'm saying? So you have to constantly be learning. You have to be knowing so that you can keep up. And the thing is, is that no matter what you think you already know, you've been a Christian, you've been in, oh, I've been a Christian for 25 years. I've been coming to church every Sunday morning, TJ. I got it all down pat. Okay. I don't think so. You never stop. There... You don't, you don't ever stop learning in the Word. The Word's big. I found out there's so many words in here. There's so much stuff. You never stop. You never stop learning. You've got to keep going because this world and the culture and the things that we experience, your life is always changing. Your life is, life is always evolving. And there's stuff that happens and you just don't know. And if you don't have the word in you, you don't have the word with you right there, you can't make it through. See, just like we got the call on Friday night, I had just taken a shower, I'm in my sweatpants, and we got the call that Karen's grandfather was not breathing and he was on his way to the hospital. See, folks, if you don't have the word, you've got, you don't know how to deal with those kind of things. And, you know, he ended up, uh, he passed away. He didn't, you know, he didn't make it. We got to the hospital. And we began to, uh, you know, come in and console uh, Loggie. We call, we call Karen's grandmother Loggie and, uh, affectionately. And so we began to, you know, console her. And we were waiting for his son to come. And the son came. And he, he came in and he hugged Loggie and he saw his dad laying there. And he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do. And so we're standing in there, and I went out. I was talking to one of the nurses, and I came back in the room, and, 
And as I was coming in, he looked at me and he said, and he pointed to me to come out. And so we began to, we came out of the room and he began to talk and he said, I just want you to know I'm glad you're here. He said, and you, you've been through this before many times. And I said, I said, yes. He said, good, because I don't know what to do. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to handle this. See, if you don't have the word, you don't have that relationship to the point. And it's not that he didn't know God. It's that he didn't know it to the point, the word, to where he knew what to do. To, the, to where he could cry out to the Lord and say, God. I need you right now. God, I need to be further renewed. I need to learn something. I need the new man that you were talking about in the scripture that I put on. See, there was something that he didn't have that he needed. And I want to look at this word renewed in in the Greek. And we're taking this from the Colossian scripture we had just read. Renewed in the Greek, it means to cause to grow up. To cause to grow up. I see, I didn't know that about the word renewed until I began to study, I began to look. To cause to grow up new, to make new, new strength and vigor is given to one. New strength and vigor. See, when you're in the process of being renewed and you're constantly in the word of God, you're being renewed, you're being washed by the word, you've got the strength and the vigor given to you by the Holy Spirit so that when you face a tragedy, when you face a circumstance, you know what to do. And you're changed into a new kind of life as opposed to the former corrupt state. Now that's, what, that's the Greek definition in Strong's of this word renewed taken from Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. Now I began to do some further study into this word and I looked at the complete word study dictionary uh, by Spiros, I can't pronounce his last name, church, you'll have to forgive me, but... It's Zodius, and he's a Ph.D. He's been studying the Word for over 20 years. He compiled this. He, his parents were Greek, and, he, and he, uh, he knows the Greek language in and out. And here's what he was talking about in this, in this verse in Colossians 3, talking about renew. He said, refers to the redemptive activity of God corresponding to the creation of man which by putting an end to man's existing corrupt state establishes a new beginning. Now, I found this real key, key, especially the part, the redemptive activity of God corresponding to the creation of man. Putting to end the existing, the former corrupt state and establishing a new beginning. And what this tells me and what this tells us here is that when we renew our minds, it's for the purpose of getting back to what God created us to be from the beginning. What God created to us from the beginning. I want to look at Hebrews chapter 1. And this is in reference to Jesus Christ. It says, God, who at sundry times in diverse manners spake in times past unto fathers by the prophets. So we know that in the Old Testament when we read that and he spoke in times past, he spoke to the people through the prophets. But then in verse 2, he says, in these last days, just recently here, because Hebrews was written in the uh, 2nd century, that's what the scholars believe, said, in these last days, spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. Appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image 
of his person. And this, this phrase here, express image, is very, very key. Express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he hath had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. This is further, this is talking about the deity of Christ, that he was the creator. He was there. Christ is the express image of himself. Christ, when he was on this earth in the flesh, he was the express image of himself, his person. Now, let's look back at Colossians 3.10. It says, And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the what? Image of him that created him, bringing your body under subjection. So what are we to be renewed after? We're to be renewed after the express image of God. And when we look back in his, his Hebrews in verse 3, and the express image in the Greek, it, this word is karaktar, which is in the Greek definition is it's a graver, a tool, or the person that is by implication engraving. This is where we get the word character from. The figure stamped. That is an exact copy or representation. That's what this word express image. And when you do further study, looking at the complete word dictionary, the word originally denoted an engraver or an engraving tool. Later, it meant the impression itself. Usually something engraving, cut in or stamped. A character, letter, mark, sign. This impression with its particular features was considered, was considered the exact representation of the object whose image it bore. See, Jesus, when he walked on the earth, was the exact impression of the Godhead of God. Express image. It was like an impression. You know how you go to the dentist and they do an impression of your teeth so they can make it just exact and they can fit it all right in? Jesus Christ was the express image. And we see in Colossians 3 that we are to be renewed in knowledge after the image of him, of him, that created him. It's in this image. Now we look back, we know in the beginning in Genesis 1, 26, let's read this really quick. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over the creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created. Now listen, look, if you're ever wondering what God looks like or what he kind of looks like, look in the mirror when you get home. Take a look. Because we are made in his likeness. In his image, we were created in the image of God. Now, he's going to be a whole lot better looking than me. Right? He said, amen. I got one amen. <laughs> Just like my children, you know, they come out. You know, and, and I, I, I really don't understand this about newborns. You know, they come out. I look at it. I'm like, man, it's a, new, it's a baby. And everybody's like, oh, he's got your eyes. And he's got, oh, he's got, the, he's got your nose. And he's got this and all this stuff. And looking at both parents and they're looking at the baby and they can see all these features in the baby. I'm like, man, he's a little wrinkle thing. I, I, don't, I, I have no idea what y'all are talking about. I just can't see it. Now, as they start getting older, I can start to see it. We went on this youth trip just not too long ago, and we were down there by the water. We were doing the youth tubing, and the lightning came, so we had to get over to the side. 
And there was another group, and they're over to the side, and this you know, woman that was taking this other group, she looked at me and looked at my, uh, Joshua and said, that's your son. Now, there's other adults there, and so, but no, that's your son, because he looks just like me. Sorry, son. But, <laughs> but she knew it right off. She could see it. It's like he's an impression of me, right? She could see that. It was right off the bat. It was instant. It didn't tell, I mean, it was like a glance, boom, boom. Oh, when we're meeting high, my name is, so, oh, and this is your son. Well, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm used to it at this point. Because people see him and, and they're like, oh, it, it's him. And see, the thing is, is sin messed everything up. Because when sin came into the world, the image that we were created into got messed up. It got fuzzy. It wasn't so clear. And so when people saw men, they didn't see God. And see, when people see us, do they see God? Do they receive the renewed man, the transformed individual, totally created in that express image, that impression of God? What do they see when they see us and they get around us? Do they see God or do they not? Oh, it's quiet. I didn't get an amen on that one. Doing good. The image got all messed up. And see, the thing is, is Satan hates the image of God. That's why he came after it from the very beginning. It was all about the image. Because when he saw Adam and Eve created in the likeness of God, he was throwing up. He couldn't stand it. He saw Adam and Eve, and he hated them just like he hated God, and he decided, I'm going to mess with them. I'm going to mess it up because I don't like that image. I don't like what I'm seeing. And so he said, look at this fruit, right? And man messed up and man fell. And see, God understood this, and he understands image, just like he gave us in the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. Thou shalt not make any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven or that is in earth beneath, or that is in water under the earth. Folks, image is everything, just like the Sprite commercial says. <laughs> image is everything. And that what is the image that we're portraying? And see, the thing is, is the more that we're in the Word, the more that we're new, the more we're transformed, we get back to what God created us to originally be. And so when people see us, they don't just see us, they see God Himself. Amen. Yes. Because we're to be that representation. We're to be that impression. We're to be that. Being renewed is not... See, you've got to understand this. Get this down in your spirit. If you don't hear anything else this morning, if you don't remember anything, get this. Being renewed is not just so you can be a good person. Being renewed is not just so that you cannot sin. That's not what it's about. This is a positional truth in the Word of God. This is something you walk in. This is something who you are. You are a new man. You are renewed. And so that when people see you, they see God. That's the only way. It's so that when the word transforms you, it makes you a renewed individual, a renewed man. See, just like grace is positional, it's the same. Oh, church, man, we don't have time to get into that with the grace. We're renewed. We, I am renewed. It's not, it's not oh, 
I, you know, and, and it, it, don't get me wrong, it's a problem. We have to keep with it. We have to keep up with it to continue to be who we are. Listen, when we get up in the morning, we don't automatically look as beautiful as we look right now. You got to keep up with that. You ever hear somebody, hey, this beautiful face didn't make, you know, just come like this. You know, my hair didn't just, just come out this way first thing in the morning. No, we take time. Some of us get up quite early and get in the shower. We groom our, we're, man, we groom ourselves. We take care of ourselves. And you know what? You should. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And y'all look good this morning. You do. I don't want to see you when you wake up. I want to see you the way you are now. You thought I was saying that just because. No, that's for my benefit. Amen. That's right. We take care. We, we groom ourselves. We t- and, and, and you know what? When people see us with the, with the makeup and with the hair and with the, and with the way we dress and tie that tie, make sure it was straight. I tie my tie. I got the link perfect on the first try today. Didn't I, Justin? He was watching me tie my tie backstage. Perfect. I thought, man, I didn't have to redo it. Hallelujah. I hate tying ties. Just letting you know. But it looks good, right? Why? We do that because we want to represent ourselves well. And when we want to represent God well, we have to be in His Word. There's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. We have to be in His Word. The result of a mind that is renewed is godly character. See, we said that word express image. That's the word where we get character from. And true character is the goal of God's work in you and me to conform us to that express image of Jesus. We're supposed to be chiseled into His image. Chiseled. We're supposed to develop character. We've got to begin chiseling away. Chiseling away the stuff that that, that we don't want until we have the desired image. Just like we get up in the morning. And we put the hairs in just the right... We keep messing with it until it looks the way we want it to look. We keep painting on the makeup until it looks the way we want it to look. We shave it until we know it's nice and, and, and shave or whatever or groom it till it's shaped just the way we want it to be. And you've got to keep doing it and working on character, chiseling until it's just like it's supposed... You know those guys that, that, that take wood and they carve all these things out of wood and they make all these things? And, and, and they can, you know, they can take, I've seen these guys, you know, they take stumps and they take a chainsaw and they sit there and they can shape it all. And then they get the little small tools and then they're working on a car. And, and, and what used to be a log stump thing, you know, that, that tall and that big around turns into this, you know, figure and it looks all perfect and it, and it looks really nice. Something that you wouldn't mind. And they put, you know, they, then they put that gloss stuff on it, you know, on the wood to protect it and everything. Man, you, you, you'd want to take that home. You know, they stain the wood. They make it look all good. Make it look perfect. Chisel it. You know, just like that. Uh, uh, but it started with a stump. And they got to chisel that thing down. And they chisel this, you know, and just keep going. Just like that block of wood, we got to chisel away. With our children, when we wake up, what do we do? When they, when, when they wake up in the morning, you know, we pray with them. We get them going. You know, we have to work with them. We have to chisel them and keep working with them until they learn the things that they're supposed to learn all throughout their life. The, children, the, the Word of God says to train them up in the way they should go, not the way they want to go. Look, I got a puppy I got to train now. I'm not going to let that thing just poop and pee all over the house. You got to be kidding me. 
I'm going to, that dog's going to be a trained dog. He's not peeing in my bed. Forget that. On my carpet, I got good carpet upstairs. I ain't messing that up. We're going to train the dog. In that same way, we've got to be chiseled. We've got to be chiseled. But you guys aren't dogs. I'm not either. You guys are way better than that. I want to read this to you, this definition of character. It's the peculiar, peculiar qualities impressed by nature or habit on a person which distinguish him from others. These constitute real character and the qualities which he is supposed to possess constitute his estimated character or reputation. And it takes time. It takes time. There's no shortcuts. We have to stay in the Word. In closing here, I want to read to you some quotes that Ed Cole wrote. He was really big on character. And if you've read, read his books or you read his books and you get those, you'll see that he was really, really high on character. And we're high on character in our house because we know that we have a mission, we have a mandate, we have a calling from God to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. That we have to think differently. We can't think the way that everybody else thinks. We have to think differently. And we know it's the Word of God that washes. It's the Word of God that changes. It's the Word of God that transforms. Some of these quotes here. God commits to character, not talent. Isn't that so true? Don't bargain with God. God doesn't negotiate His character. A man's word is the measure of his character. God will never ask us to do anything inconsistent with His will, contrary to His character, or in opposition to His word. Faithfulness is the cornerstone of character. It's what you think about when you're all alone and determines your real character. The character of our children is the leading indicator of the future of our country. Isn't that so true? You can tell the character of a man by the friends he keeps. You can pitch personality but you must build character. Can we all stand? How many could say this morning, man, TJ, when you were talking about when other people see, what do they see? Do they see God or not? Well, that, that kind of hit me maybe a little bit. And you know what? I need to get in the Word. I need to be renewed. I need to get in that process, letting that Word do the work. There's no shortcuts. How many can say, I need to get in the Word just a little bit more? So that maybe when, it, when I walk into Word or this situation happens, I don't fly off the handle. I don't get, in, I don't get angry. I don't get in wrath. I, I don't say this or say that. I, you know, maybe I don't talk bad about this person. I can walk in forgiveness. I can, I can do these things. The way to do that is to be in the Word and have the Word do the work. It's something I can't do for you, you can't do for me. You have to do on your own. With children, we teach them when they're young, and then as they grow up, they've got to do it on their own. They have to read the Word on their own. They have to be in the Word on their own. They have to study the Word on their own. We teach and we train so that they won't depart from it. Amen? Amen. This morning, I want us to pray. I want us to agree and pray. And if there's something here this morning that, you know, you, you know in, in you that is like, man, you know what? I don't like what I see sometimes, even in myself. I don't like what I see, let alone what everybody else. I can, I can only imagine what everybody else is saying. Let's pray to God and let's repent, first of all. Repent means to think differently. Repent to the Lord. 
And we say, God, you know, I, I need to change. I'm going to change. We ask the Lord to forgive us. Forget, Lord, forgive me for not being in your word. And that's what we want to do this morning. Like I should. You know, forgive me for not being in your word. Like I should. Because Sunday morning, church, Sunday morning scriptures are not enough. We didn't even read a chapter this morning. It's just not enough. We've got to feed ourselves. The word says, in Psalms, it says to meditate in the word day and night. It's every day. Folks, you just got a sandwich today. That's all you got. It will not sustain you for the rest of this week. It won't do it. It won't do it. Nobody can live on one sandwich a week. We've got to get some more. We've got to be digging in the word of God. We've got to be digging in. Let's pray. Father, right now, Lord, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we agree here together and we say, Lord, we repent. We think differently. We say, Father God, Lord, we know that being renewed is a process. It's a continual process that we have to stay in your word. Lord, forgive us where we've not opened up your word, where the Bible collected dust during the week, where we didn't dig in, we didn't study, we didn't read your word, we didn't meditate on your word. Forgive us where we put TV or this or that or this uh, thing in, in front of it, Father God. Lord, may we put the remotes down and the computers down and the iPads and all the things down and be in your word, Father God. Lord, those things are good. There's nothing wrong with, you know, we can do some of those. But Lord, we need to be in your word above all else. And so, Father God, I just thank you, Lord, that you're chiseling even now. You're beginning to chisel each one of us, Lord, to chisel us in your image, the express image, Lord, that you've talked about in Hebrews. And, Father God, I just thank you, Lord, that we are pressing towards that mark, the high calling of God, constantly in your word, that we are renewed in the spirit of our mind, that we would fight the good fight of faith, that we would never give up, that we would always be in your word and draw the strength from your word so that any circumstance or situation that comes toward us, we can bust through it in the name of Jesus. Father God, right now, we lift up loved ones right now that we see. We don't see you in them. We don't see the image that we want to see. Father God, I just thank you for, for, for saving them. Lord, we just, we just stand in the gap for each one of our loved ones. If you've got someone right now in your mind, a name came to your mind that needs to be saved, I just want you to call it out right now to the Lord. Right now, Father God, Lord, I thank you for giving wisdom to each one here that has someone that they're believing God for. Lord, give them the words to speak. Give them the knowledge to speak. Quicken your word. May your word come out as a sharp two-edged sword out of their mouth. Father God, I thank you for souls, souls for the kingdom of God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that, that there's those that they don't know the truth. And Lord, Lord, I just thank you that you would use us, Lord, to speak the truth to them and that the truth would make them free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, I thank you that we are getting back to the way that you created us to be, which was in your image, so that when others see us, they see you, and they begin to ask questions. They begin to ask, how can you be so calm in this? How can you do that? Oh, Father God, open up doors. Lord, I thank you for open doors. If you want an open door for you to be able to minister to those around you, I want you to lift your hand really high right now. I thank you for opening doors right now in Jesus' name. Lord, to save those friends, those loved ones, those ones at work, the ones that need you. Father God, we're coming to you right now. We're believing, standing in faith here together. Lord, for those that we know that need you. Lord, I thank you for drawing them, Lord, unto you. Lord, it's your word, it's your truth that draws men unto repentance. And 
so, Father God, I just thank you for revealing your word to them and your word of truth in Jesus' name. Lord, we agree now. We thank you that it's done. Lord, we thank you for a harvest in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand? God is good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.